Awesome. So my name is Brianna Bowley. Uh, I'm a personal freedom coach. Um, I work predominantly with women um, and I, I call them the warrior women. Um, and in a nutshell, you know, I'm supporting warrior women in, I call it building their kingdom. And so that encompasses all of it. That encompasses, you know, um, the man, the money, the business, the lifestyle, the health, the body, all of it. You know, I'm a big believer that how we do anything is how we do everything. And that as we start to dig deeper into, you know, one aspect of life, it, um, it creates the opportunity to go deeper into another area of life. And so, you know, with everything being so interwoven, um, it's really my goal to support women in, in recognising that they can have it all and that they don't have to limit what they desire for themselves based upon, you know, um, this societal conditioning that it's greedy to have the money and the relationship and the, you know, um, health and, and all of it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. I love it. When, um, when you talk about how they can have it all, how did you get up to that point in your life? Yeah, like, I think for you knew that you could have it all in order to teach that to other people. Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've always been someone who has been a high achiever, you know, and I sort of, I always used to get called, you know, the Jill of all trades, master of none, because I, I wanted to dabble in sports and I wanted to dabble in business and I wanted to dabble in, you know, um, understanding human behavior and, and um, partying and socializing. And, you know, like I wanted to do it all. Like I'm someone who I just, for me, I just want to experience as much of life as possible. And because that meant that I had such a broad curiosity, you know, I was consistently told, well, you've got to pick something, you know, you, you can't do both. You can't have it all. You've got to, you've got to, you know, pick something and run with it and go deep into that one thing. And whilst that may work for some people, I don't believe there's a right or a wrong, but it just didn't feel true for me, you know? And I kind of thought, well, why, why do I need to, you know, choose to either just be in business and let go of my athletic career or just, you know, pursue an athletic career and, and let go of any of the, you know, the business or the coaching stuff. Um, and so, yeah, and then I kind of started to get this understanding that, well, hang on, if I'm um, super disciplined in the gym, what if I could take those traits and characteristics and kind of let them play out in business, you know? And if in business I'm really, um, you know, really driven and great with relationships, well, why don't I let that play out in terms of how I socialise? You know, and so starting to see how they interweave, I was like, well, it actually makes far more sense to me to play in all realms and deepen all realms than just to pick one and run with it. Mm. So, yeah, it, I guess I guess it comes from that that wounding in a sense of consistently being told, pick something, pick something and just stick with that. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not truth for me. Mm. It's almost like. Um when they're saying pick something, it's almost like they're telling you to kind of dull it down a bit. Yeah, totally. And you know what? It comes from a deep scarcity mentality. This thing of like this or that rather than this and that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's conditioned into us. It's conditioned into us on an unconscious level that we have to choose. And that's not true. Hmm. So how did you uncondition that? 
Well, it's still a work in progress. I think for every level, there's another level. So I still catch myself at times going, oh, hang on, that's me choosing between two. And so I guess it's just uh, noticing and, um, you know, first of all, noticing that that's that's something that's playing out. I had actually a really cool conversation the other day with a friend. I'm sure you've had the same experience where something kind of comes, it falls out of your mouth and you go, oh, shit, I didn't realise I thought that was and so me and my friend were having a conversation about she's a relationship coach so we were talking about relationships and um she said to me about um she oh she asked me whether I was I was open to calling in my one you know like the the relationship and I sort of said oh yeah I mean yes I want a person in my life but I don't I don't know if I want the one just yet she's like how come and it literally it fell out of my mouth I was like oh I'm not ready to give up my freedom and I heard what I'd said and I was like I actually felt the color drain out of my face and I was like holy fuck I did not know that I believed that that I had to give up my freedom in order to have the one right and so now having that awareness it's it's now going okay where is that not true like where in my life do I witness people who found their person and still experience deep levels of freedom and, you know, where in my life um, do I still experience having the one in terms of friendships and still having my freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's slowly and progressively just chipping away at that belief and, and noticing where it's not true. Yeah. Now, when you said that, like, even just this week alone, I've said something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I see that. <laughs> So I'll be in a circle or I'll be talking to someone and something will come out and it, yeah, it, I'll just blurt it out. Like I'm not even thinking about it. It will just come out and it's how I'm feeling at the time. And um, then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yep, no, I see it. It's okay. I got it. Oh, <laughs> I'm processing <totally>. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's why it's so important to, um, first of all, have an awareness about the languaging we use and also to have people in your world who can, pick up on it as well you know this friend that I that when I when I said the piece about I'm not ready to give up my freedom she looked at me she's like did you just hear what you said I was like (laughs) right so the fact that she was able to actually you know like call me out on it as well Mm. um was so potent because then we sat there and we bounced it back and forth and figured out where it stemmed from and yeah Mm. sometimes you just need someone to mirror things back to you like for sure you just said this like no I didn't <laughs> yeah. I would never say that it was like no no this is exactly what you said word for word I'm like oh yep, yeah feeling that <laughs> sure yeah oh. but it's a uh, it's it's it can be a fun process um <laughs> it's a never-ending process <laughs> just you know when when things are being married back to you and you you just don't realize it at the time like, mm. did I really say that? Do I mean that? I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have mm. said I mean it. And then, you know, going through the processes of, you know, why it came up, why am I feeling this way, you know? Yeah. How? And then going into the how. Yeah. 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 Definitely. You know, and it's it's so important to dig back, um, you know, when we when we notice these beliefs, go back and, you know, dig into like, where where does it come from? You know, what are the experiences that have shaped me into believing that to be true? You know, and so like even to just to go with that example around relationship, I, 
I was able to kind of pinpoint, oh, that's the moment that I started to believe that to be true. And just because that was an experience I had in the past, um, you know, in, in that moment back then when that was true for me and that was the experience I was having, where did I actually allow that? And what could I do differently if that were to play out again, right? So that we're equipped with, um, I guess, a way to, to choose again, to choose something different, to, to choose this and that rather than this or. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So, you know, part of my work and I guess the re let's dig into why I, um, why I refer to them as warrior women. Um, what I experience with women is that uh, we tend to go one of two ways. We sort of, you know, there's like a fork in the road and, and we tend to either, you know, when we look at masculine and feminine dynamics, I, I, I witness a lot of women who fall down this rabbit hole, if you will, of becoming far more masculine in nature. And I was one of these women, you know, be it because they're, that's what they believe they need to do in order to fit in, or that's what they need to do in order to um, get what they want in life, or because they've been through some sort of trauma. And so it's a safety mechanism in order to, you know, protect themselves. Um, but I witnessed so many women who are completely disconnected from their feminine and trying to operate in a way that's not natural for them. You know, it's, it's not true for them, you know, and that's not to say it's wrong for a woman to be, to have a strong masculine presence or a strong masculine energy, but it's simply to say what, um, what power can we, um, connect into when we choose again both when we choose to also show up in our feminine and choose to be deeply connect connected to our feminine whilst having that powerful masculine energy as well and so um you know in, in that sense it's it's interesting looking at the world you know without going too deeply down into this rabbit hole um we look at women's health issues you know pcos and um, endometriosis and all of those sorts of things starting to become the norm you know it's so common now um, and my belief is that that is connected to the fact that we're so disconnected from our power you know from our what makes us women uh, so that's the first kind of thing that I witness these women who are just so in their masculine that they're disconnected from joy they're disconnected from pleasure they're, they're not living in their body you know they're living up here cognitively and they're they're trying to navigate the world through the mind. And the opposite that I witness is women who have gone so far into their feminine that they're literally completely codependent. And they're, um, you know, all of their power is in whether they've got the man, right? And it's, it's they've, they've given away they're disconnected from their center and from their balance point. And so they're kind of living from out, like um, out to in rather than in to out, you know? And so like basing their, getting their needs met and their security and their safety on whether they've got the man, right? And so, um, yeah, I guess my work's really about, my message is really about showing, showing women that we get to have both, right? We get to have it all once again. Um, and, and owning that um, our deepest power is in our feminine, but also not so far into that, that we actually, we lose 
we lose our sense of self as well. Mm. So yeah. As someone who <laughs> has been a very independent person from a very, very young age, I felt like I stepped into that masculine almost constantly. That yeah. people, I'd go to events, they talk about stepping into your feminine. I'm like, yeah, there was a lot of resistance towards that because I've got stuff to do. I'm a single mom. I've, I've got to work. I got to pay the bills. I don't need no man, right? And it was that type of thinking that kept me in that masculine and not actually feeling what it was to be feminine. And I know, because I've spoken to a lot of women, I know, because I can see the behavior in them too. So I know that they're going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I loved how you said it was about um, not just being masculine, not just being feminine, it's like having a bit of both. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the integration. Talk about that. Yeah. Like, you're a female, you got to be feminine. You're a male, you got to step into your masculine. And yeah, just having that both, especially like even with men, having that bit of feminine in them too. Um, Definitely. Into their emotions. I think it's really, really important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of women, they, they really step into that mas- masculine role, especially when um, I, you know, I was triggered by women who were so codependent on on their man I'm like you don't need no man like I'm not not I'm not saying they don't need them I'm just saying you, you can be like self uh, self-sufficient and independent you can do these things yourself you don't need someone else to do them for you um, but at that time you know like you said all their power is in this person mm, absolutely you know and I think especially I mean we look at society and and we have um, super women who are you know, they're they're single mums and they're trying to keep up the career and they're trying to, you know, maintain the body because that's what society tells us we need to do. And they're trying to, you know, put food on the table and and like, you know, have have the house and the car and have everything spotless and, you know, and it's so much pressure. And so it is so easy to fall into that independent woman, get shit done kind of role. And, uh, I mean, this isn't to say that uh, as, a, as a deeply feminine female, we can't get shit done because there is 100% a time and a place for that. But I also believe that we can get shit done with more ease and grace. Because when we're in that grind mentality and the, you know, I call it the freight train because this was me, where it's like, get out of my damn way. I got shit to do. Move, move. Like, you know, yeah, like a freight train. Um, it actually makes that a whole lot harder, right? Mm. Um, and my experience having come from that to now and it's still a work in progress because hey I'm human as well but leaning more into my feminine um, it's almost like instead of having to go out and hunt to make things happen you know and and being in this grind mentality and being you know constantly working it's like oh I just get to play and have a whole bunch of fun and magnetize the things I want towards me rather than having to go out and get them. Uh, and that's the difference. It's, it's not about, oh, well, this now means that, you know, if you're leaning into your feminine, you can't still be a badass bitch and get shit done. It just means you get to do it with a little bit more fun involved. 
And I think that's that's the piece that we're all missing, you know, men included, we're all missing that fun element. And I really believe the purpose of life is just to have a fuckload of fun. So um, yeah, I think we get to choose more of that. Absolutely. You know, you, you did bring up the whole being disconnected from joy. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you're in that whole mindset of, I got shit to do, get out of my way. It's got to yeah. be fun. We are so disconnected from having that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I spent many, many like years just not experiencing that because I think I put a lot of kind of guilt and shame on myself because yeah. I had to be this superwoman who had to get stuff done. I had to raise my kids. I had to find a job, get a career and do all these things that joy just didn't come in. And that's when things fell apart because I wasn't experiencing any of that. I was just experiencing work, 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 do, 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 and all these really high expectations of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it it makes me laugh now to witness because, you know, I think back on, on who I used to be. And, I mean, even now I still catch myself where I get into my get shit done mode, you know, with work or whatever and meeting deadlines. But it makes me laugh because I kind of go, well, hang on. The, the whole purpose of doing anything is to improve our quality of life, right? Like we only ever do anything because there's some part of us that thinks that it's going to make our experience better. So the funny thing is when we get so caught up in trying to reach this end goal in order to make things better, what most people do is they're focusing on the end goal and forgetting to actually just have quality of life now. You know, I saw, I actually saw a woman a few weeks ago um, and she was, she was doing laps of, I was laying in the park, um, just getting some sun and reading and she was doing laps of the park. And um, this was my perception of what was going on for her, but she had her headphones in and she had this real intense, like look on her face and she was sort of, you know, marching around the park and she just really, um, the whole thing just looked heavy from where I was sitting and I kind of went well I'm, I'm assuming she's doing that to improve her health but what could she create from that if she did the exact same action of doing her laps of the park but doing it from a place of fun mm. right because not only would she get the end goal of a greater quality of life or improved health or cardio or whatever whatever her vibe was but she'd also get to enjoy it right here in the moment and so it's a double whammy, right? Like we get to enjoy quality of life now and when we reach the goal. Um, and so, you know, I think that's something so important to come back to. Like there's no reason why we can't strive. You know, even even uh, I, I witnessed so many mums who were like, well, I've got to cook dinner and I've got to clean the house. Cool. And what if you cook dinner with some tunes playing and you made it, you know, you made it a dance party or... Um, you know, you clean the house with your favorite song playing or, you know, like just add that element of fun and it takes no extra time, um, but it, it, it gains us more time, you know, time almost slows down when we're deeply in the moment. Mm. Mm. Um, I was having a discussion on my podcast the other day about, about end goals. Everyone's so focused on, on doing things, but in relation to like a target and when it comes to things like experiencing joy in things it's not really a target but a feeling 
And so we're not so focused on, on getting that. It's like today I've, I want to, you know, I've got to record the podcast and I've got to have a meeting later and I've got to do all this stuff, but nowhere in there is I'm going to spend 20 minutes for myself and just sit in silence. I'm going to play some tunes and dance the day away because they're not really end goals. Mm. So yeah. So it, yeah, it was an interesting conversation and um I think we do it a lot, um, yeah. especially like most of like the targets and the goals that I set for are very masculine related, get shit done. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. Mm. I mean, I catch myself all the time, you know, my, my biz, my, my work is focused, you know, the work I do with women is focused on bringing women back to themselves and, and connecting them with their hearts and, and even for me to connect heart to heart with people. And I still catch myself where it's like, well, you know, it, like uh, I want to have this incredible impact. So got to get shit done. And then I have people who, you know, approach me and, and want to have a conversation with me. And it still comes up where I'm like, don't have time for that. And then I have to remind myself, well, hang on. Here's the, like your end goal, end goal in quotations is, you know, to, to lead people back to their hearts and to, to con connect deeply with people and have people connect deeply with themselves. And yet when people are approaching you, it's like, don't have time, you know? And so it's, it's a constant, we've got to constantly remind ourselves of, oh, can we come back to this moment, you know? And that's not to say don't focus on the future because like it's all valid, but yeah, just keep coming back, keep coming back to yourself, you know, it's a game changer. Yeah. Um, so I actually caught myself out a couple of times during the week, whereas I have been so busy just constantly doing things. And I found that I had two minutes to myself. So I'm like, what can I do in this time to be more productive and get more done? Like in those two minutes, instead of taking those two minutes, taking a breath and just sitting with myself, like you don't have to do anything right now. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Like, sorry. No, no, go, go. <laughs> I, cause you know, I do like, I still fall into and it's, it's so deeply conditioned in me from childhood to be the freight train to just get shit done. And I've been playing with like, when I'm at my busiest, can I slow down? The most and the really cool thing is because you know you know that feeling when you're like chaotically you know you've got maybe 10 minutes until your next meeting and so you're like chaotically trying to get whatever done that you've got to get done in those 10 minutes and it's like 10 minutes feels like two minutes and it's it's like you're tripping over your own feet and you're like dropping shit and it's like everything goes wrong in those 10 minutes and so in those moments I play this game with myself when I remember, I don't always remember, but I play this game with myself of how much can I just slow down? And so, you know, like I've, I've had many a times where I'll have say an interview and then I've got a, a 10 minute break and, um, and then I've got, you know, a client call or something. And so it's like, I've got to quickly smash down some food in that time. So rather than like rushing to prepare my food and just basically inhaling it, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to walk out to the kitchen um, and be present 
you know, and it, like instead of legging it down to the kitchen, you know, and then I'm going to, I'm going to sit and I'm going to actually sit with my food rather than like smashing it down. And it's so funny because it's, it's the exact same 10 minutes, but instead of when I'm in the rush state, 10 minutes feeling like one minute, it's like 10 minutes feels like half an hour, mm. you know? And I, I know that sounds really woo woo, but it's, I, I wholeheartedly believe that time kind of molds based on where we're at. You know, like, you know, that experience when you're really deeply immersed in something that you love um, and, and time shifts, it's either, it either speeds up and you're like, well, we've just been sitting here for four hours having this conversation and it felt like 10 minutes or it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's like it slows right down and you get to just really be in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so when we're busiest, I think that's when it's actually most important to slow it right down um, and just... It's cool because you get so much more done. It's incredible. It wows me every time. It's like when they um, talk about, you know, meditating for 20 minutes a day and then mm. uh, for the people who don't have time to meditate for an hour or more. Yeah. Just, yeah. You just need to. And yeah. it's funny because we were talking about this last night um, and uh, I, was, I was given the task this week to sit in silence every day for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. because what was coming up for me last night was that my body has been screaming at me to not just to slow down but to feel what's going on in my body and and I've spoken to a few people who are just so this 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 and that they need to be distracted from what's coming up in their body, what's coming up in their mind, their mind won't slow down. And it's because they feel they can't sit in silence. They, at that time, they think it will kill them. They're like, that's something I just cannot do. Um, but it's definitely quite important. And I, I feel that. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, it, it feels counterproductive and it feels counterintuitive to, sit and do nothing when you're at your most busiest Mm. but yeah it's it changes everything it shifts everything and it 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 brings us back to our sense of self it brings us back to our center it brings us back to our power um and then you know it's it's again it's the uh choosing the in to out game rather than out to in you know choosing to allow what's happening within us to impact the outside world rather than being having you know being I guess led by the chaos of the outside world um yeah game changer Mm, yeah definitely I'm feeling all this like Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're the same but um yeah when I feel really heavy on the heart I tend to get a lot of pain circulating my body I actually used to get it all my arms and legs and um, if I'm deeply triggered I, I, I still get that um, but I don't get as triggered as much as I used to um, <laughs> and so now I just like it's almost like centered so mm-hmm. I feel it in this one spot and I actually uh, jumped on a podcast the other day uh, with someone who's a hypnotist so he did a little uh, thing on me to uh, change my state, which was uh, really, really interesting. 
and uh, definitely something I I can use on myself later on. So, yeah. Well, acknowledging you for even having that awareness of what happens within your body when you are experiencing triggering, because I you know I think so many people just they might have that experience and then they're not even they're not able to make the connection you know, that this physical pain I'm experiencing is connected to something emotional or they don't even allow themselves to experience the physical pain. It's just go, 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 you know. Uh, let's, let's just avoid feeling that by filling, filling space more. So, yeah, acknowledging, for, not, acknowledging you for even having that awareness, that in itself is huge. Mm. It t- took a long time. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I still do it. Um, a couple of months ago, I experienced a really bad pain on the right side of my stomach. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. It's fine. I, I got to jump in a meeting and then I got to go see my car and I've got all this stuff, got to make dinner. I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, the pain's gone. I can go. I can go do all this stuff now. And then a few days have gone by and the pain is like, going up and like almost like severe abdominal pain and I let that fester for about two weeks before I did anything yeah and I'm like yeah I know you're there I just I just don't have time right now can you just like chill out just a little bit um it did not chill out (laughs) at all (laughs) and um yeah it's it's funny because um you know, I, I found out what the problem was and the first reaction from the doctors is you need to have surgery. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to do all these things. And I did the things and it wasn't until I started working deeper on my emotions that the pain started to go just a bit more. And yeah. after a few weeks of doing that and going deep, I am pain free. Yes. It, which is so funny, like, <laughs> like yeah. one part of my brain's like that doesn't make sense, and the other like part of me is like, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, yeah. Our emotions are tied to you know all these body parts and everything. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Which is yeah. why when I'm triggered, I, I, it's almost like nerve pain. I, I get the pain, and mm. recognize it. And yeah, um, what one trick? Um, Cody actually um, taught me was to hug myself, which was mm. put my arms around and just do this. And because yeah. I was triggered on one of his calls and I did that for like an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I'm starting to feel a little bit better now. Like just yeah. that, uh, that feeling. And, and then, um, then worked on why I was being triggered. And yeah. it was money, I'm pretty sure. Money or relationships, those are my two big triggers. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I did a lot of work on that. And um, yeah, those, those triggers don't come up for me um, Beautiful. as much. As much yeah. 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 It's so funny. I had um, I had a, a cancer scare, a skin cancer scare. Uh, what would it be now? About two, oh, maybe two or three months ago now. And it, it started off as just like a, a strange, it, it looked like a blood blister on the back of my leg. And yeah. Um, I've grown up very, you know, in a family which is like, oh, rub some dirt in it, you know, like, oh, you fell over, rub some dirt in it. Or you'd like, you know, it's just very like, just just keep going. Like you're good, you know, an injury or anything like that, just keep going. And so 
um, I had one of my housemates, she was like, go get that looked at. And I was like, yeah, it's just, it's just in Oslo, sister, whatever. And I left it. And then the only reason why I ended up going and getting it looked at was because it kept bleeding and I was sick of having to um, either wear a Band-Aid on it or basically choose clothes that I didn't care if they got blood on them, right? That was the only reason I went to the hospital or went to the doctors. And then it slowly started getting more and more serious um, where they started to say, no, we think this is something to be seriously concerned about. And without saying, this is what it is, they kind of said, this is what it is, you know? And um, yeah, it was like, I, I remember this moment where I was like, what the fuck, Brie? Like, you've been so focused on you don't have time blah 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 and now you've potentially you know you've you've all but been told that it's skin cancer and it's like literally nothing else matters all of these things you've been busying yourself with boom just out the window do not matter because if I don't have my health then you know I can't have anything um beyond that and, and you know so it's just it's 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 so funny. And of course it was fine. It was a, it was just a scare, you know, got the clean bill of health, but it was like this pause in time of like, Oh my God, my priorities are so messed up because, you know, I'm pushing this thing aside because I don't have time and, you know, it's nothing to worry about and it's, it's not causing me any pain or anything like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Big wake up call, big wake up call. Sometimes I feel like it's the uh, the body's way of saying, "Can you just listen to me?" Like, yeah, yeah. Here's something. I know you're gonna be like, yeah. avoid it for a while, and and then something's gonna happen, and and you're gonna worry the hell out of it for a bit. But this is just to tell you that, uh, yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like I've got because I, I ended up I had to have it cut out. Uh, and tested and whatever else so I've got quite a gnarly little scar on the back of my leg now and um, I'm actually quite fond of it now uh, it's not the prettiest looking scar but I'm quite fond of it because it's such a reminder mm. it's such a reminder that oh you know yeah I get to I get to really check in of um, is all of these things that I'm busying myself with do they really matter um and from that place, you know, get a little bit more, uh, what's the word? I guess a little bit more mindful of where I invest my energy and why I invest my energy into the, the things that I do. Because, you know, all we've got is time here. And um, yeah, let's not waste it. Life's short. It really is. Yeah, so I'm finding like a lot of the things especially when I'm in such a busy work mode that I'm investing my time and energy into things not only that not serving me uh, but also things that are what's the word almost detrimental to my health in the sense of I'm doing something, but I'm not feeling this or I don't want to be doing it, but I'm doing it anyway because I want to help people or I feel like I have to. People have 
or even myself have high expectations on the things that I do. So I end up doing all these things and then later on, I'll have my little meltdown or I have a little pain in my side or something will come up. And um, yeah, some, yeah, a lot of the time it's not just about health reasons as well, even though a lot of it is. A lot is just, um, yeah, the body. I need you to listen to me right now. But we do, we do get into that, the, yeah, the whole, I got shit to do. And yeah. sometimes it's really hard to get yourself out of it. Like, yeah. especially when you're so overwhelmed by everything that you need to do, the last thing you want to do is sit down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, overwhelm is a, is a big one for me where when I'm, I, you know, I, I actually think that uh, overwhelm for me is a diminisher. So what I mean by a diminisher is, is it's that one um, emotional experience that comes up when I'm about to hit another level and it comes up to keep me safe. And so when I experience overwhelm, I really take, take a moment to check in and go, where is this coming from? Like, is this me trying to um, self-sabotage through wanting to stay safe? You know, and so the really beautiful thing about overwhelm is that, um, first of all, when we really sit with it, you know, like I know when I've got this massive to-do list and I'm feeling overwhelmed, I kind of go, okay, well, how much of this stuff is actually deeply, deeply urgent? Most of the time, like for me, hardly any of it is, is literally just that from some some strange sense of importance. I've created this big long list and, and gone, wow, look how, look how important I am because I'm so busy, right? And so it's, yeah, it's checking in and going, okay, like when I really sit with this overwhelm, am I really, am I really overwhelmed with having too much to do or have, have I just chose to create it by leading myself to believe that I have so much to do? And the second part of it is that, you know, um, there's a saying which I love and it's um, I can't complain about having too much on my plate when I ask to be fed and the cool thing about overwhelm is when you go oh wow I've got so much to do and then you actually check in with what it is you have to get done they're actually really empowering things you know like I know for me it's like oh shit I've got to go get this done for this client and you know, uh, I've got this podcast and I've got to do all these things. And then I sit back and I go, oh, wow, but I have clients. Like I have people uh, putting their trust in me for me to guide them and support them into their next level, you know, and wow, like I've, I've got a lineup of people wanting to sit down and speak with me with these podcasts. And so it's like shifting it from a place of overwhelm to a place of, holy fuck, I get to experience overwhelm because you know, I'm, I'm, my time is in demand, right? And it, it kind of, when I, I think when we drop into that, it's like, whoa, I am so much bigger than any to-do list, right? And we, we get to take our power back. We get to go, oh, like this, yeah, this is about so much more than just, um, it's about so much more than just a list of to-dos and we get to drop into appreciation and we get to go, you know, wow, like, this is cool, you know, and we grow from that. We stretch our nervous system's capacity to be with 
a big ask to do list because um, we, we process it in a different way. You know, we process it from a place of appreciation and thank you more, please. This is exactly what I asked for rather than going, you know, rather than letting overwhelm shrink us. Mm. I love that saying so much. I, I don't think I've actually heard it, but as soon as you said it, like I felt it through my entire body. I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, I did ask for this. <laughs> yeah. 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 As, you know, a few months ago, I, I wasn't really doing much of anything. Um, you know, my health problems were through the roof. Um, I could, I, I was up to the point where I was in so much pain through my entire body that I couldn't walk. I couldn't move um, without needing assistance or holding on to something. And then I started paying attention to these things. And I move, I eat healthy. I drink lots of water and I started going to things like circle and uh, weekly talks about epigenetics and finding more about my body and my mind and why I do the things that I do. And then all of a sudden I'm not in pain anymore. <laughs> and it, you know, it baffles me sometimes. And now I've just gone into straight to doing nothing and having all these problems to doing a lot and actually feeling really good. But at the same time, going through all those processes as well, mm. which um, I wouldn't say they're easy, but I'd say they're worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Isn't it funny? Like we, we send out these mixed messages to, to the universe or God or whatever you want to refer it, you know, refer to it as, um, you know, of, oh, these are the things I want to call into my life, be it, you know, the, the podcast guests or be it the, you know, clients or whatever. And then when we get it, we're like, oh, fuck, this is too much. I can't handle it, right? And so we, we pull back and we avoid and we, we shrink. And um, I, yeah, I, I'm a big believer. We get exactly what, we're, what we ask for. So, you know, I catch myself in it all the time of like, I've, I've asked for this big life. And then the universe is like, well, here you go. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's too much, right? Like abort, abort. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, okay. If, if you don't want it, we'll take it back. So I catch myself. I catch myself as much as I possibly can of like, oh, wait, Brie, you asked for that. And um, to keep showing up for, for it, you know, even in those moments, because that's where the growth point is, right? When it's uncomfortable and when we're, when we're stretched, keep showing up for it because it's what I asked for or before I ask for it check in like is that really what I want because you know I could say that I want the global global business or whatever but with that comes a lot of responsibility so is that actually what I want um or does that just sound kind of good right so that mindfulness of um yeah always checking in where whether something's really true for us whether we truly deeply want it and it is in alignment or it's just what sounds good and what we should want mm. yeah I think um over the last week because I had a bit of a meltdown last week um due to the fact that I was doing just constantly uh, day and night and weekends and not having any time for myself, feeling guilty 
when my kids are asking, oh, are you going on another call? I'm like, yep, busy, sorry. <laughs> and then just feeling that guilt and shame, like, oh, yeah, like almost justifying, like, okay, I spent time with them yesterday. They'll, they'll be okay. You know, I've got to do this, you know, I've got to make money. I've got to do all these things. And um, yeah, there is a lot of guilt um, that comes with that as well. So that's why I, um, after my little meltdown last week, I started to set boundaries for myself. So yes. I am actually getting the same amount of work done, but now I turn off my messenger at night. Uh, yes. Or I don't respond to them um, until morning or even the afternoon yeah. if I've got things going on in the morning. Um, and it was a big thing. Like I, I thought if I didn't set these boundaries, then I, I just have to do this at this time. Um, you know, people are waiting for my answer for something because I do a lot of VA work and this person really needs help with something right now. And I'm like, nope, they can wait till morning. They really, yeah. they really can. You did, they don't need to access anything right now. Like they've got this and, um, yeah. I love your, uh, your transparency, by the way. I love that you speak into so much what's really going on for you um i think it's sadly so common for people to just paint the picture of everything's perfect and i've got it all figured out and you know so yeah really acknowledging you for the fact that you speak into your struggle and into just uh, where you haven't got it figured out i think that that transparency piece is such a huge permission slip for other people to move through and process their own shame and guilt because, you know, we, we see other people's highlight reel and we compare. And we go, oh, Ree's got it all figured out and, and I don't. Here I am struggling just to, just to get the day-to-day -day shit done. And so, um, yeah, when we speak up and we're transparent and we talk into our own struggles, it's like, oh, oh, Ree looks superhuman, but... She's, she's just come out and said that she struggles sometimes. So, oh, good, I'm not broken. Um, and, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, the fact that you show up like this is such a huge testament to your leadership because uh, it's what's going to change the world. It's those little pieces, those seemingly insignificant uh, behaviours that are, that are going to create the ripple effect. So, yeah, acknowledging you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I was speaking to someone on the podcast the other day and um i didn't even realize this at the time but it, it just came out and what it was was that i only i have found myself that i only post on social media when i'm feeling good mm. um when i've done my hair i've done my makeup i'm dressed up I'm feeling really good and I'm going to post something positive, post something that's going to make other people feel good. And which, which is why uh, this person suggested very nicely <laughs> to um, post something about that, about the fact that I don't always feel good. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of honesty in all of that in we're human we don't feel good all the time even a majority of the time um you know this year has been a really tough year on a lot of people i um you know i went through depression at the very beginning before it even even started 
and you know my brain um sorry my son had uh, brain surgery um my cat died my other son got sick and then I had liver disease and I'm like you know what is going on like it was just one thing after another and I couldn't leave the house I couldn't go do what I want I couldn't see friends I hadn't, I hadn't seen my friends in over a year my family lived in the, down the road and I couldn't even go and see them. And I was just up to breaking point. And I was just saying, I can't handle this anymore. Like, I, I just need to need to do something. And I wouldn't say that, and this is, I, I say this very specifically, is I don't have suicidal thoughts, but I wanted to take myself out of the equation. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to do the things. It was too much. If I was doing everything that I'm doing now, back when I was feeling that way, it, it would have been too overwhelming. And I just, I, I, I would have just quit everything because of how I was feeling at the time. Um, but then I started off with little things. I started going to a, like a weekly class about epigenetics because I, I just love learning about that stuff. I then started talking to people on a weekly basis. I then started going into VA work and doing things. And I felt like I was helping people because I was helping, because I was working for coaches who were helping people. So in that way, I felt like I was helping them too. And it was just one more thing. And then I went to a conference, a virtual one, and I was having discussions. And that's what brought my podcast back because I love having these discussions with people. And it was just taking those little steps one at a time. And, yeah. and that's how I got here. And some days I think, I don't even know how I got here. Like, you know, a few months ago, I was at breaking point. Yeah. I didn't say, I didn't see a way out of it. Yeah. But there always is. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw something, uh, a post the other day, which, um, it was just a, a little meme kind of thing. And it, and it said, um, it, was, it was something about the moment you realize that um, the, uh, sorry, the symptoms of depression are also the cause of depression. Mm. And I think this is such a huge awareness because, you know, the last, about three months ago, I went through a really tough patch of, you know, we got, we had to move out of our house and I had the cancer scare and I'd lost my dog. Um, and, you know, we had a, a close family member pass away and this all happened within about four weeks. And it was like every little bit of stability and safety and security was being ripped out from under me. And, you know, I was just in a deep place of struggle and I got to the point where I didn't want to wake up in the morning, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want to get out of bed and I, I my alarm would go off and I'd be like can't I just stay in bed and I started closing myself off from my friends and um, you know like I was I was even experiencing just socializing which I'm such a social person but just socializing was really it was taking a lot of brain power to just stay in a conversation and so because of that I started you know I wasn't contacting, reaching out to friends. And when they wanted to hang out, I'd find an excuse not to. And so it kind of became this self-fulfilling prophecy of I had nothing to get out of bed for. So of course I wouldn't want to get out of bed, right? Then I kind of caught myself and was like, holy fuck, like 
No wonder I'm feeling miserable because all I'm doing is staying in bed. I'm not seeing any sun, like I'm not getting out into the sunshine. I'm not seeing friends. I'm not really getting any work done. I'm just laying in bed, watching Netflix and complaining about how much I'm struggling, right? And so I forced myself just, like you said, little things. Let's go to the beach today. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's, um, you know, catch up with this person, even if just for half an hour. And within, you know, probably probably even as short as the week, it was like, not to say I didn't still struggle because I still had a lot going on and I was still navigating a lot of grief, but it just changed so quickly. And I wonder how much, how often it happens where we blame what we're experiencing on, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety or whatever it may be, without realizing that we're actually further creating that experience by, um, yeah, I guess not really choosing to do anything that shifts that, you know, and that's not to take away from the fact that it's, it's hard when you're feeling like shit, the last thing you want to do is go socialize or, you know, um, get out of bed and, and go for a walk or go to the beach or do any of those things. But um, it's the baby steps. It's, it's the small creates the big. So that one little shift, you know, that, that 1% difference over a longer trajectory is, is huge, you know? So yeah, that was a, that was an important reminder to myself. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Um, I've come across quite a few people even recently, just having just little discussions with them and like I, I see certain types of behavior patterns and I only recognize them because I've had them. So I've recognized them in myself and it's like, it's almost like they have to announce that, not really announce, they put a lot of energy into, I have depression and I have anxiety, so I can't do these things. And I get frustrated because I was that person. <laughs> I tend to be triggered by the people that have the same problems that I used to have <laughs> on a regular basis. And, yeah. um, and there's so much that I want to say to people who do feel like that but there isn't anything that I can say that's going to change their mind. It's, it's all them. They, they embody what they need to feel. And that's, that's how I got to this stage where I didn't blame my depression. I didn't blame my anxiety. I didn't blame the trauma that happened when I was younger. And yeah, I just, just getting up to that point. And, and sometimes it's, it's, yeah, it's not about what someone says. It's just about, you know, going through the processes, going through the deep core feelings of why this came up then. Like certain emotions that I'll feel now can be related to something that happened when I was a kid. Mm. And understanding that and finding love for myself absolutely. is absolutely key. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um you know, our, we don't give enough credit to how powerful our words are 
And, you know, when I hear people say, um, I'm depressed, I'm, you know, I, I have anxiety, uh, it, it, it's almost like, it's almost like they put themselves in this box of this is who I am. And they're affirming, I have depression, you know, I'm depressed, I have anxiety. And it's like, suddenly the depression or the anxiety has them, right? Rather than that, that it's like they've just taken their power and they've gone, here you go, take it. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like, of course, someone who's put themselves in the box of I am depressed they're not going to experience anything outside of depression, right? Because it's literally affirmed that it's who they are. And, uh, you know, so I guess it's that, it's that subtle shift of I, I, uh, I am depressed or I have depression and shifting it slightly to I am currently experiencing depression, mm. right? Because it's then, then it's transitory. Then there's space for something new to come in you know, rather than, because someone who uh, has depression, they're not going to experience moments of joy, right? Because it's all they can see is, is the things that align with depression. Whereas I'm currently experiencing, um, or up until this point, I have experienced depression. It, it's, it makes it transitory and it creates space for something new to come in for, for joy or for pleasure or for happiness or connection or, you know, all of those things that we don't normally associate with depression. So I think it's so important to just always have whenever possible an awareness of how, we, how we're speaking about ourselves and what we're affirming because, you know, I am a two of the most potent, powerful um, creator words. Um, yeah. It's, they hold so much power and we don't, we don't, we don't truly understand the depth of just how powerful the two words I am and whatever follows after that is. Mm. I find that even the change of words and the language of those words can be really, really powerful. Mm. And to the point where you're not keep reaffirming that you have depression, you have anxiety, you know, you are not those things. You're experiencing them, but you are not them. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes that's really hard for people to hear, especially when they're feeling the way that they're feeling, that they don't see a life where they're not feeling that, where they are feeling joy. Yeah. Yeah, it can be really hard, but... Um, mm. It's all, it's always a working progress. Yeah. 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 And yeah, like we said, it's, it's those small shifts. 1% choose just, you know, the, the 1% difference. I call it the 1% difference that makes all of the difference. You know, just what, what's one thing you can do today. And it, it might literally look like go sit in the sunshine for five minutes, you know, or um, yeah journal your thoughts or take two minutes to just close your eyes and sit, you know, and they're not, they're not mammoth tasks. They can feel mammoth. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, if, if we're truly committed to experiencing something greater than what we have, then in the scheme of things there, you know, um, we get to choose that they be easy. 
if someone told me exactly what I needed to hear back in those times, I still probably wouldn't have listened. Yeah. Because I wasn't ready to hear it. Yeah. There were, there's always been a lot of tension and resistance to the truth, what people are saying, because, you know, I wholeheartedly believe what I was believing. You know, I believed I was damaged. I believe that I'm not here to do anything spectacular with my life. And it was those thoughts that kept me there. And sometimes it is taking about that 1% and doing one little thing at a time and baby steps. It doesn't have to be like a huge step every single time. It can. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small creates the big. I love that. Small creates the big. I'm writing that one down so I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That and the plate one. Mm. the plate one is a game changer for me like you know it's it's we have such a mentality of you know that the quote like first world problems mm. you know I always drop back into that of like oh my god like some of the things that we complain about someone out there would kill to have you know the problems that we have you know, they would, they would love, it would, it would be their dream to be struggling with the problems that some of us complain about. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's a big one for me because, um, you know, someone once said to me that, um, uh, you know, for every problem we solve, a bigger problem comes. And so the key to success is to solve big problems. And so, you know, the bigger problems I have, the more I'm like, oh, this is a marker of how big a life I'm living. And that's something I've always been called to, to live a big life. And so, you know, um, yeah, celebrating when, when my problems feel, feel mammoth because it's a marker that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm creating what I've always dreamed of. I've always been very two-sided about that saying. One part of me is like, yeah, there is so much going on. There's always someone who's got it worse out there. Like this problem's nothing compared, like cause only because I'm comparing it to what someone else could be going through. And then the other side is me of me is I see someone and they will express something that's going on for them. And you know, it may seem very small to someone, but to them it is so huge. Totally. And when someone says, you know, or comments like on a post saying, oh, first world problems, they're not really um, acknowledging what they're going through. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's always been very, very two-sided for me. Yeah, yeah I hear yeah. you. You know, and, and that's the thing, like it's all, it's all relative um, for someone who's been through, you know, for, for someone who's ex experienced um, extreme poverty, you know, some, some of the problems that, that we go through here in Australia, they're going to seem like nothing. Um, for someone who's never experienced anything as extreme as that, uh, then yeah, of, of, of course, uh, a quote unquote lesser problem is going to seem huge for them. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's all relative and none of it's right or wrong. It's all completely 
based upon an individual's experience. And I also think that that's why it's so incredibly important to go out and see the world and to see, you know, how different people in different cultures live and, and gain a deeper perspective. And that's still not to say that we can't be deep in the struggle of our quote unquote first world problem. Um, Cause yeah, there's moments where the small shit's gonna take us. There's moments when we're gonna get up, get caught up in, in the small stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's all perspective, and um, I guess the in my mind, the broader our viewpoint is, um, the the I guess the more tools we have to be able to deal with and navigate whatever we're going through. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So, in saying all this, is there anything else that? is coming up for you that you feel that you want to add to this? Hmm. What's on my heart at the moment is um, to first of all, accept your humanness, um, to own the fact that your struggles, um, you're not enoughs, your fears, doubts, insecurities um, are your magic and that the more you share them with the world, um, not to ever discount how huge of a ripple effect that creates, being serving as the permission slip. Um, and with that, to not discount your power because we, we are the creators of our life. I wholeheartedly believe that we are all gods. We are all created in God's image, which means that, and, and I'm not religious. Um, so when I say God, I'm, I'm speaking about a higher power. I'm speaking about, you know, the universe. And if you are religious, that's perfect too. But we are created in God's image, which means that we are the creators. Um, you know, there is nowhere where God isn't. There is no, there is nothing that isn't um divine you know there's nothing that isn't perfect whole and complete even if it's not finished um and so you know uh, take back your power take back the fact that you are the creator and that we always 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 get to choose how we want it to look uh we always get to choose uh what feels true for us and that doesn't always mean it's easy but um if we choose it to be it gets to be I actually really love that if we choose it to be. Mm. Mm. I think a lot of people forget that, that, that they can choose. Yeah, we always have a choice, always. Even, in, even when, it, when it feels like we don't, yeah. we always, always, always have a choice. Mm. 